Hi, it's me, Ethan, again. Welcome back. I'm here with, well, you can introduce yourselves. Um, Ariana. Jada. And we're sitting in front of the Gregory Gymnasium waiting for the volleyball game thing. What, what, what's happening? They're like giving out. Um, yeah, so they're giving out free replica national championship rings from when UT Volleyball won last year. What year is that? 2022. Last year? That's such a long time ago. When is the... They won the last year. 2022 season? 2022 season? When does the season go? Um, I think it's just the fall. So it's like for when school starts and I think it goes like maybe through when it the, the first semester ends. So when's, when was the championship? Uh, it would have been 2022. Okay. Are, are they going to win it again? Um, they have a good chance. They are definitely ranked number one right now because they are, like, the reigning champions. So, they have a good chance. But, but are they ranked number one? I want to say yes. See, you, just, you spoke just then, but that's not going to be in the podcast. So, you, you got to wait for the mic to get to you. Oh, my bad. I want to say they are ranked number one right now. I would have to look it up to be 100% certain. But usually when they're reigning champs, they would be ranked number one. Look it up. Do it. How are you today, Jada? I'm tired. I had an exam today. How'd it go? I had an exam today. Very well done. <laughs> uh, they rank one? Yes, they are rank one. Are they really? That's crazy. Fun. Do you have a favorite color? Um, probably blue because of Mary. Based. Do you have a favorite color, Jada? Uh, green because of St. Jude. St. Jude is green? Yeah, his, like, part of his robe's green. Who is who is St. Jude? St. Jude is the same for the lost. Well, in my definition for the lost of what I read. Oh, sorry, you keep pulling the mic away. <laughs> like, it's, it's okay, it's okay. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, you have a favorite cookie? Um, I don't really eat that many cookies. Sugar cookie? What's your favorite cookie, Jada? I like oatmeal cookies. Speak into the mic. Oatmeal cookies. Okay, yeah. Oh, that, nothing ever gets cut, so like me telling you to speak closer to the mic, all, all of that stays. It's wonderful. Uh, because editing things takes effort. Uh-huh. You, you, you wouldn't want to edit it out when we're just like sitting here like mumbling? Correct. Yeah, in, in, in a previous episode, there's just like blank dead space, but that's okay. That's okay. We, we love the blank awkward dead space. You have you have you have to be you have to be comfortable with silence, which is something I'm not too good at. But like, God speaks in silence, so you gotta be really comfortable with it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh. Com- yeah, comfortable silence is my love language. Like that is like literally the best thing. Like comfortable silence, like you know someone, but you know you can just sit in the same room and not talk to each other, and it's chill. But what if it's like me and you don't know me? You just just in a room with me and you don't know whether or not I'm like trying to talk to you or not well honestly i think it's all about perspective if you think it's awkward then it's going to be awkward but i personally don't think it's awkward okay i i would say it's never really awkward unless like there's like already preconceived tension between you and the person that you're sitting alone oh, in silence yes, with yes, okay, that, okay, that I, I agree with that i agree with that where do you get these shoes from they look nice oh my size six uh women all black thermal meal north face slippers are they like are they like warm? Yes, they have memory foam in them. But it's like 100 degrees outside, bro. I I'm aware. But the thing about these shoes is like they keep your feet like 
It's like, it's like, it's like so close to me. It's like, have you seen those shows where it's like, is it cake or is it the actual thing? Like, we're about to find out. Yeah, no, like the thing about these shoes is that like, it like adapts to the weather. I don't know how to explain it. So like right now my feet are kind of like, kind of chilly. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Maybe because my okay. <laughs> when the sock <laughs> the sock comes off, it's like the air hitting the sweat, and it creates that like illusion of like it's kind of chilly in my feet. Well, well, I mean that, that's that's what sweating does. Sweating like makes your body cooler. So like 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 yeah yeah yeah. It's like whenever there's like whenever you, you have like water on you and your skin. Yeah, it's because the water evaporating makes the surface of your skin cooler, which is how sweating works. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly how perspiration is supposed to cool you down, Jada. But I do, I do not understand why you're wearing like shoes that have the name like thermal in them and are like a hundred degree freaking weather in Texas. I there's okay, there's a reason, bro. It touched my lip. And, like, there's, <laughs> bro, my impulsive thoughts are gonna win. So like, <laughs> I need to wear like red lipstick or something. It's gonna be all right there. But no, um. Yo, oh. <laughs> uh, hold it, but hold it close to your face. And be ready to hit it back to you whenever I <laughs> Yes, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So the, re the reason why it's called, like, Thermal Mule is because, like, like, okay, have you ever seen, like, hot packs and cold packs? Like, in them, it's still thermal because it's, like, it, wait, no, because thermal radiates heat. Okay, well, I'm not the brightest in the bunch when it comes to science, <laughs> but all I know is that I'm a really good persuader. I could sell these shoes. <laughs> Jada, what do you study? Exercise science, pre-PT. Wait, so what, what year are you? I'm a sophomore. Do you know Javier Perez? Yes. Is he also something similar? Yeah, he's exercise science as well. Is he PPT? I don't know. If he's just if he's not doing regular exercise science, he's either pre-PT or pre-med. Nice. I'm pretty sure he's pre-PT. Ethan, what is your major? I am an electrical computer engineer. Yeah. Okay, so how would you say the workload is that is for that? It's pretty large. It's pretty painful. It's pretty engineering. Some electrical, some computers. You know how it is. So was your major one that you had to pick before your freshman year? Because I know some engineering, like, they start their major classes their freshman year. Uh, I started my major classes my freshman year. And the way UT does it is that you select, like, you select a specific major you want to go into, and then you get it. But if you know people from, for, for instance, Texas A&M University, the way they do it is they, all, they, they all take general engineering classes their first year. And then after, like, at the conclusion of their first uh, year at the university, they then, like, apply to the specific... Uh, schools of like mechanical engineering or electrical engineering or some technician-y stuff. So A&M does it a little bit differently and you know people from A&M, don't you? Yes, I do know a few people from A&M and the people that I do know, most of them are engineers actually. Yeah, yeah, so th their process is differently. But yes, uh, UT is like normal where you're just like, you, you, you're like, I want to be electrical computer engineering major and then they're like, okay or no K and yeah, it just, that, that's just how it be, you know? Was that not, like, a big decision for you? Because, like, for me, I didn't really have to decide my major until this year because I was just taking, like, core classes. So was that not stressful, like, before you were going into your freshman year, having to, like, actually pick a certain engineering that you wanted to do? 
Was it stressful? No, because at that point, I did not think or care about what specific engineering I want to do specifically. Do I regret the decision? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I wake up and realize that the amount of mechanical engineering that I am good at is, like, surprisingly really high. And that I know a lot about, like, strategic building decisions, material properties. If you're on the podcast, like, listen to the previous episode. I know I know what I'm talking about. I really do. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll be like that. Um, I for, okay, if you weren't going to do computer thingy-mabob or engineering, what, what type of engineering would you want to do? Probably, like, mechanical engineering or maybe, like, aerospace. But, you know, I, I've, I've, I, I, I kind of like I kind of like the electrical computer engineering. It's kind of nice. Are we going to scoot over a little bit or are we just going to... Nah, I, I, think, I think we're chilling in this spot. I, I took a year of karate, so if anybody cuts in line, I'll show them my yellow belt material. I mean, I, I'm Asian, and I grew up doing martial arts or something or another. So I, 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 I have, you know, I no, no, no but but it's more of like it, it's I'm Asian in the sense of like it's a cultural thing to where like I think especially if you're Asian American growing up in America, you're more likely to be, have have been involved in martial arts than just like the just like general American populace. So like my parents definitely put me in, uh, or my dad definitely put me in martial arts whenever I was I was younger. So I, I feel like that's a lot more thing, especially just like. Like, you know how, like, a lot of, like, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of um, Americans, like, their parents will put them in, like, soccer, stuff like that. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah, like, my parents didn't put me in soccer. They, they put me in, like, they put me in, like, martial arts and, like, piano, which, uh, there you go. Do you know how to play piano? Not anymore. Well, well sorry, I, I can still play some stuff that I remember, and I can definitely, I, I know, like, uh, a good amount of music theory, and I know, like, I could probably learn how to play a song. Give me, like, a month, I could, pro I could probably learn to play a song, but, like, I, I can't, like, play, 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 you know? I learned how to play piano because I learned how to play trumpet. I, I'm not going to inquire further. Okay, like, it makes sense because, okay, like, trumpet, in order to read the music sheet, you need to learn uh, treble clef. And then for the bass side, you need to know bass clef. So I played a little bit of the, what's it called? The tuba, I'm sorry. It's because they're, sorry, it's because, <laughs> sorry, it's because I was doing the flute, but I was like, wait. That was definitely a flute for a second. Yeah, no, it was. I'm sorry. I have a short-term memory. Sorry. I also have a short-term memory. Slay. No, no, I mean, like, I also have a long-term memory, but I definitely do have a short-term memory. Well, okay, so long-term memory for me, I would remember, like, the dumbest facts, but when it comes to class, I have short-term memory. Mm -hmm. Like, stuff that I actually need to know. I don't know if y'all know this about me, but my memory is, like, mildly good. I have a photogenic memory. I don't know what that means, but that sounds kind of cool. I wish I had a photogenic memory. My short-term memory is, like, so bad because I've had seven freaking concussions, and it has screwed up my no. brain so You've had seven concussions? I'm now going to ask you about that. No. Okay, yes, I've had seven. Like, do you want to know how they all happen? Is this no, no, no. Just, like, generally from what? It's, like, the same activity or just, like, 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 oh, so it's just in your life, you just, like, get, okay. Yeah, okay, so, like, they're all from, like, different things, but three of them involve my sister being a violent human being. One of them was because, like, I hit by a foul baseball. One of them was because I, oh, crap, what was it? I don't even remember. Um, it's because of the concussion you don't remember? Yeah, I have a hard time remembering how I got them. Oh, I got I got hit by, a, like, a bat, like a softball bat to the head. And then another one was from a car wreck. And then another one was because, like, my sister left her backpack on our stairs. And I was running up the stairs at, like, 6 in the morning. And I just woke it up. And I tripped on the backpack. And, like, my reflexes didn't want to respond. So, like, my head was the first thing to hit the, the stairs instead of my hands. <laughs> and, like, 
Yeah, no, so I have, like, a migraine disorder, and, like, it was caused by the seven concussions. My memory's also really bad, and it also, like, made my ADHD really bad. <laughs> Are you sure you want this to be a public thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I've had so many concussions in my life, but it was because of softball. Like, there was this one time where I got hit with a bat, and then my helmet broke, and I got hit with the ball. And then it was super sunny, and I was in the outfield. I didn't see the ball coming because I thought it was a light, and then it hit me on the head. And there was... I got hit in the same place repetitively, so it got to the point where it created, like, a little dent in my skull. Like, I don't know if you, like, want to feel... There's, like, a little, like... I'm good, but Okay. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Okay, no. So, whenever I got hit... <laughs> look, 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 look. I remember it's really funny. So, whenever I got hit in the head with, like, the bat, so it hit me, like, right kind of, like, below one of my eyes, and it left, like, this teardrops-tight, like, shaped scab, and everyone kept telling me that I was in a gang afterwards, but, like, I was too real, I was innocent at the time, so I was, like, what gang? So I had to, like, (laughs) so I had to, like, Google, like, what a teardrop underneath your eye, like, meant, and then I was really sad about it. No, it's like, I think it's like when you like kill someone, you like, you get like the teardrop or like someone you, it's like something along the lines of killing and murder. Yeah, the tattoo, like the teardrop tattoo. That's wild. I, I definitely have a lot of trauma, but we, we do not need to like uncover all my trauma. Ethan, Ethan, Let's not do that here. Ethan, Ethan. In the most respectful way. <laughs> I don't know how respectful it is. It's like when somebody's no, no. It, it's it, no. It's like it's like for your sake. Like 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 this is just gonna go on the internet where people. Okay, okay, okay. We're on the same page. But yeah, I know we're on the same page. But it's like it's like for like when people are like you know when people are like oh no offense or like I say this with respect, but then it's like the most disrespectful and offensive thing ever. Like I don't understand why people even like preface it with that. I'm like that doesn't make it any better. What? I said like all my professors say that. Oh. Like no offense. W- w- no offense, but your papers were garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but like when a professor says that, I'm like, okay, but like I tried. Except I've never been told my papers were bad. I'm actually like really good at writing, and I don't really know how. <laughs> Look at you. So you get at writing. I- I'm good at writing too. But like I think what helps about being good at writing is like if you actually like to write, like I'll write for fun. So I like I have a bunch of stuff like in my Google Docs, like in my like personal one, not the one I use for school. And it's just like a bunch of different like essays that I've written or like little like mini novels or poems. Like I love writing, so like practicing it makes it like easy to write for school and stuff. Yeah. Do you like reading? Okay, I used to hate it, but now I've grown to love it, except I think like, my major is going to kill my love for it because it's all I do. And, like, I, I can read for, like, eight hours a day and still not finish my readings for the week. What's your major? Philosophy. Oh, that's... The study of dinosaurs? Because that's what... Isn't that what Ross did in Friends? That was... What did Ross do? He was not a philosophy. He was, like, an anthropologist or something. Anthropology is, like, the thing. Not philosophy. It's a different thing. That's, that's the study of bones, though. No. Like, philosophy the definition of philosophy is like literally like a love of wisdom i don't know why you're talking about the study of bones that's anthropology and stuff and like archaeology they do bones and like stuff like that philosophy is like plato aristotle Descartes, and stuff like that so i i have a question for you ariana do you think dogs go to heaven no no, they don't. They don't have a soul. They don't have the ability to, like, make, like, morally correct, like, right or wrong decisions or the ability to, like, sin or stuff like that. They don't have reasoning. They don't have a soul. They don't go to heaven. See, now me personally. Uh. <laughs> 
dogs do go to heaven. So, 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 wait. So, doesn't St. Thomas Aquinas write about how, like, like human beings, we have rational souls. And, like, like the, the, the plants, they have vegetative souls. And the animals, they have, like, animal souls. I, I will agree with you that they do not uh, have a rational capacity and the ability to choose right from wrong. But why does that necessarily mean that they don't, like, go to heaven? Because isn't, isn't, because we would say hell is, like, eternal separation from God, something you chose, right? But given that they don't have the fact to choose, like, wouldn't that mean that they're just, like, with God? I would say, like, in my personal opinion, because I've heard so many opinions on this topic, like, when an animal dies or a plant dies, I would just assume that they just kind of die. Like, there is no heaven or hell for them. It's just kind of death, right? Because, like, the whole thing between, like, rational and irrational souls is rational souls is, like, like, that's how we get to heaven. That's also how we get to hell is by our, like, reasonings. It's not by, like, the fact that we live and have, like, no reasoning behind anything we do. Like, that would just mean, like, a, an end. There is no, like, afterlife for people, for, for, like, animals and stuff like that, in my personal opinion. We see now, according to Fanboy and Chum Chum, from one of the episodes, you can't, you can't technically switch the brain of a body if it doesn't have a soul. Fanboy was, like, really curious. He was like, I wonder what it's like to be a dog. So he did it with a dog. And, like, his, like, body was, like, roof. But, like, the dog's body was, like, hey, guys. Like, it was crazy. You should watch the episode. It's really funny. Is this, like, a live-action thing? No, this is definitely, like, an animated. Like, that's, like, an animated thing. It's a cartoon. I've seen it. But, like, I would not use that show as my reasoning to believing whether animals go to freaking heaven. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, how, how about this? I think they honestly just end up in the dirt. Like, I okay, wait. How about the fact that, like, uh, so like, like, not only is there going to be, like, heaven, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, right? So if there's a new earth, like, is it just going to be sparse and empty? Or is it perhaps going to, like, I don't know, have stuff on it, you know? Like, like I feel like if there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, the new earth, was it going to be, like, just humans? Like, no plants, no nothing? Like, uh, surely there's going to be animals or something there, right? I feel like that is something that, like, we could honestly debate for for a very long time. But I feel like if God really wanted to, like, he would create new beings. It wouldn't just be something that's like, oh, these, these animals that died before are going to be here because that makes sense. Like, no, I feel like God, I mean, in his own capacity could just create new things. I, I, I think that makes sense. But also, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're wrong. What, 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 what do you mean? I, I, I'm holding it just fine. Just Yeah, I'm like holding my laptop. Well, it's really hard to describe on podcasts. A, a lot of things are hard to describe on podcasts. He's holding it like a phone. Like if like his thumb and his index finger, if you're to hold a phone like that to your side, that is literally how he's holding it. Yeah. Okay, back to the animals thing. Let's have a seat. Let's have a seat. Back to the animals thing. Okay, so basically, if someone could, like, convince me that, like, and give me, like, good reasoning as to why, like, animals go to heaven, I would, I would have an open mind to it. Like, I'm not just, like, one-sided animals go in the dirt and that's all they do. But, like, there is yet to be a person who could, like, logically, like, morality-wise, reasoning, rationality, irrationality, like, there's nobody who could, like, use any of that and actually convince me so far. So I need a good argument to understand. Okay, okay, okay. How about this? Uh... Do you think there's anything inherently contradictory in Catholic, like, uh, thought or, like, in the way theology works if a dog did have an afterlife? Like, it, if a dog had an afterlife, not because it has free will, uh, recognizing that dogs are distinct and the catechism says that there, we, there isn't, like, 
there's a certain love that we should not give to animals only due to persons. But is there anything contrad- inherently contradictory about animals going to heaven? Or, or there being an afterlife there being an afterlife for animals? That somehow the animal's soul persists beyond the animal's body? I feel like you could just kind of... You could use, like, the fact that, like, we must be, like, in communion with the church and, like, the confirmation, baptism, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. Because, like, animals cannot actually get that. Animals cannot get a baptism and stuff like that. So, like, that itself would be inherently, like, contradictory for the two. No, no, no. I, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, those things guarantee us, like, 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 that those things say things about us. But those things don't, it's not like a part of that is an exclusionary comment about the animals because uh if that was the same logic like we might apply a logic of like oh this applies to humans but this shouldn't apply to angels because angels aren't humans but that's not how that works right like i feel like like claims about humans aren't suddenly claims against truths about animals or about animal souls right okay i get i get agree with that logic yes but i still think like there is something to be said about like the differences in the rationale because I think that's where it's all going to eventually come back to is like the reasoning behind it and like the fact that we actually have like reasoning and rationality abilities but like animals don't and I think that's a a huge thing when it comes to where you go in the afterlife so I think that's where it's going to keep coming back to yeah so so, okay JJ you can speak okay no because I was going to say like because like yes there's (laughs) it's okay it's okay no yeah it's hot no, but yeah, like of course, like our ultimate goal is to go to heaven, but we also have to realize that there is an el- a hell. So I mean, if you like theoretically think about it, like um, what's it called, atheists and agnostics, like whether they believe in a god or not, like eventually there's gonna be a hell for them, like whether they believe in it or not. So when it comes to dogs, anything that's living is a gift from God, and anything that's a gift from God will eventually go either up or down, and. Like, me, like, growing up, like, because I was, because my, my dad's a Catholic, but he taught me, like, he didn't really give me, like, the right morals of being, a, like, a good Catholic. And he told me, he was, like, dogs are gifts from dogs. Like, I literally had 10 dogs growing up. Like, it was crazy. And he was, like, dogs are gifts from God. I mean, it's not a coincidence that dogs spelled backwards as God. And he was, like, why do you think, like, dogs give you happiness? Why do you, th- why do you think they give you everlasting joy? Because it's a mini version of, like, God being there with you. So if they die, why wouldn't they go to heaven? To be with their creator. Okay, so I will say, this is, like, on the opposite viewpoint of what I have is that, um, it's kind of aligned with mine, but it's kind of not, is the saying of, like, if you need your pet to be happy in heaven, then God will see to it that they're in heaven. However, the whole point of heaven is like eternal worship in God, right? So you should not need a pet or anything to be happy in heaven. So I don't think they would be there. Like what would, what would their, what would, what's purpose would they serve being in heaven when they can't like glorify God? There is no praise and worship for freaking dogs, bro. So, 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 so no, but yes, right? Because like the, is not the point of creation to glorify God? Okay, yes. Is, are not animals a part of creation, Ariana? Yes, I would, I would say animals are a part of creation. But as Father Mike Schmitz would say, like, if, if, if having animals in heaven is going to be like your end-all be-all of whether or not you strive for that, right? Like, that is where it creates an issue. We should not need, like, worldly things, like things that give us joy on earth to give us joy in heaven. Because that's not the point of it. Yeah, yeah, and if anything, that's what purgatory is for. If we're like to it, no, no, no. But, but again, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that like, oh, 
uh, this isn't the answer of do dogs go to heaven because uh, of like I need my dog in heaven to be happy. We recognize that that uh, heaven, like you, you are with God. And the way I explain it sometimes is that the the desire, like the exact desire that you have for your dog and for that companionship in a dog, that desire will be fulfilled in heaven because all desires are fulfilled in heaven. Yeah. So that's what, that's just like another reason as to why I don't think dogs would go to heaven. However, I will say, I can't remember which pope said this, but one of the popes was like, we'll like, we'll see all our animals in heaven, like in the eternity of Christ. And I'm just like, the, the fact that a pope weighs on it, but I think other popes have also said a different thing. So I think even like it, within like the realm of the church and with even like the infallibility, infallibility of a pope, even though that wouldn't, that's not doctrine, so it wouldn't matter. Like that would still be a person people look up to. So I think the fact that even popes have said different things is just like, do we actually really know? And everybody's going to have a different opinion. Everyone's going to have different rationale for it. Okay, okay. Do you okay? Sorry, no, you can go ahead. Do you believe in uh, near-death experiences as evidence for an afterlife? Okay, that's okay. That's a good question. Like, um, no. Because 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 the thing that gets me is that sometimes there are people with uh, where like oh near-death experiences they just like experience what they want to experience or they yeah. just have hallucinations. But the weirdest thing is that there's like a weird amount of data with like near-death experiences giving people correct information about the world that they should not have known at a statistically significant rate. Like, 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 like somebody uh, died uh, and then somebody else had a, a near-death experience saying, oh, I saw that person. But in real life, they didn't know that person died. But they knew that person died because of the near-death experience. And, and like weird stuff like that. That's like they're gaining access to information that they should not have been able to. Like, like there's no way they could have known that. And it's it's like it's like miracle level like like in, like like I don't know some of that stuff is like interesting. I would say in like specific circumstances, like it could definitely be enough reason for like our human selves to like that would just be like another reason to add on to the fact that like we could believe in an afterlife because obviously like we as Catholics are going to believe in an afterlife, and so I think that just gives it like a little more oomph in our own like self belief because like sometimes obviously we have like doubts and stuff like that. So I think it helps us more than like it's actually like a true reasoning if that makes sense but i also believe like there are some near-death experiences where people have and it's like okay that's definitely not like a reason to believe in the afterlife but then there are some where like it would actually make real sense like they know things they don't know like you were saying but then there are sometimes where it's like okay that doesn't make any sense but then there are people who have like major conversions because they had near the death experience and were on their way to hell so like i think it can go either way depending on the person and like their own like how much you can trust them in and of themselves I was going to say, it's like we're so subconsciously and consciously blind that we don't even realize it. Like, you know, like there's people that are like blind at love or like blind in general. Like it's hard to like see these like correlations in life. And God put, he implements these things into our lives so that we can finally see. So maybe people having near death experiences is probably an awakening that he wants us to have. So maybe they were supposed to see it, but we weren't because maybe them seeing it was so they can get their life back on track. Like. Okay, my brain just went, like, really off topic, so this is, it'll kind of make sense, but it won't. Like, how often do you think just we as humans in everyday life speak heresy, like, without really, like, acknowledging that it's heresy? Because we just, like, miscommunicate things? Yeah, so I actually <laughs> run into this problem a lot. In fact, uh, a, a friend of mine who has been on the podcast, uh, a friend of mine who has been on the podcast previously, uh, he often, like, like he he knows what he means. I know what he means. But sometimes the person listening to him doesn't always hear him all the time, and he'll like say something that's just like like one of the famous quotes we have from him is, 
he was playing the Trinity, and he's like, it's it's like three gods, and it's like, no, no, it's very much not like three gods. So, so, so he's, he's like, it's not three gods, but it's like, like three gods, and we're like, uh, I, I, I don't know, man, that's a little suspicious, uh, but I don't know, yeah, there are definitely times where, uh, I don't know, I probably said, I probably had said something heretical, but like, you, you know I don't mean it, so it's, it, it's chill. I think a lot of times, like, like as humans, like, I think a lot of the heresy that you might hear say are like a misinterpretation or like a miscommunication of what you actually mean. And I also think, oh, wait, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something really good. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I also think that that is like a big issue with like Protestants and Sola Scriptura is because it's their own dang interpretation. And that's just not how this is going to work because like everybody's going to have a different interpretation and that's exactly how we get to heresy. Except I will say there was like this Catholic speaker at a conference I went to one time and she was talking about how like you don't have to change to get to heaven. Like you don't have to change your actions and stuff. And I was like, I feel like you meet really well, but this is not actually what is actually going to have to go on because you're going to have to change. This is literally like, Lily is a sociology professor. <laughs> okay, basically, Lily's sociology what? professor pretty much was saying that, like, people, like, shouldn't have to serve time, like, in prison for, like, committing certain crimes. So, like, an example would be, like, if a rapist, like, raped some girl, like, his punishment should be, like, apologizing to that girl and understanding why what he did was wrong, and then he should be sent on his way because she doesn't believe in time served in prison because it actually doesn't do anything. It doesn't correct their actions. I think there needs to be, like, both, you know? And that's that's what she meant by the sociology comment. In some aspects, she's like right, but then like then she just gets so like morally wrong, and like it just gets worse, and she's just making it horrible. On okay, speaking of morally like wrong versus right, moral relativism. Let's talk about that. Yeah, more moral relativism <laughs> bad. Uh, yeah, I, I think I don't know. I'll, I'll weigh in on this a little bit. I just think that there are certain crimes that are like, please don't commit those crimes. That's not a no. Don't for. For, for the sake of the people that you hurt and for your own sake. Like, like just like not committing crimes is good. Not committing mortal sin is good. I think moral relativism is interesting because like, it's like, how can you not believe that there's just like a natural moral law? Because moral relativism, like you can't, you pretty much just create your own morals, you know? Like the morals is relative to the person that you're applying it to, which I, there's definitely needs to be some natural law, like natural moral law that goes on top of this. Like moral relativism, my point, stupid. However, I will say, I, I knew a professor that like is hardcore into moral relativism. He can make some good points, but I'm also just like, are you a douche? Like, are you just a bad person? I don't know. It's one of those things where uh, moral relativism I think just is like contradictory in the sense that like if, if, if I have a certain like moral truth then you have a moral truth like that doesn't make sense for that, that that's, like, that's like a monitor uh, yeah yeah someone walking down speedway carrying a monitor and Jada pointed at that person yes I think so here's here's my here's where my head goes sometimes is like I think if you need moral relativism to justify your actions they're probably not the best actions like if you need to make more relative like relativity like a like a like a i cannot use words like the correct thing if you have to use that to like justify your actions i can almost guarantee that it's not gonna be like the best action right it, if you're not applying it to like a natural moral law like a higher power like god or something like that um i, I mean we, we know that certain that other moral laws especially because we're catholic are just like in, inconsistent. It don't make sense. But I feel like I feel like there needs to be some like agreed upon. Like I feel like when you say appeal to moral relativism, is, it just, is that are you just saying like appeal to the fact that like oh uh, I, I that, that like you can believe that, but I'll believe something else, and we can disagree. Because I feel like a lot, even a lot of those people would say that like 
your morals are wrong and their morals are right. Like they 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 they, they say they respect your ability to believe what you believe, and they they do to a sense. But they would definitely assert that what you believe is like wrong, and like you should not believe the things that you believe about X about Y. So, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess. What do you mean by moral relativism? Just like them saying that like. I have my morality, you have mor your morality, and somehow that's consistent. Because I, I feel like there are very few people who say that. Most people say, like, I believe a certain set of things about the world, and you don't believe them, therefore you are wrong. Yeah, so when I say, like, appeal to moral relativism, it's kind of just, like, so, like, the whole point of it is that, like, morality is, like, relative to, like, each their own, if that makes kind of, like, you know, that makes sense. And so, like, it would be, like, someone saying, oh, my morals, like, I, in, in my version of morality, it's okay to kill someone, right? And so, like, they're going to appeal to that. But, like, there's going to be other people <clears throat> who believe in, like, a higher power, like God, you know. And so, like, they don't believe in moral rel relativity. So they're going to say, oh, no, you're completely wrong. So it's definitely going to be, like, a flat-out disagreeal. But when they appeal to moral relativism, they're going to appeal to one of their morals that is usually not in line with just, like, a natural moral law because they don't believe in that. And, like, I have a professor who is like that. <laughs> and it's very evident. And it's scary. There you go. You have, you have any comments on this, Jada? My, my phone's going to die, so I'm trying to put in all my door codes because I need my phone to unlock every single door in my apartment. Wait, wait, like, so you're, like, writing down the codes, like, on, like, a sheet of paper or, like? Oh, I should probably do that. I was, I was just going to memorize them. Oh, mem memorizing them is great, too. Like, I, I, I would memorize them, but, I mean, writing them down means that you don't really need to memorize them. Oh, oh, let me go back to the part where I have a good memory. Like, I, mem I remember things. Like, I probably... It, no, mildly good is like me bragging, like, like the, the the humble brag way of saying that like my memory is really good, and like I can like I can memorize. I think I have like the first like I used to have like the first like hundred digits of pi memorized when this was like fourth grade, such a long time ago. This is pi followed by circumference over diameter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I I remember like people's birthdays, people's phone numbers. I. The fact that I, the fact that it's probably that, that, that I don't remember right now means that you probably never told it to me. No, I definitely never did. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't know if you were comfortable saying it, you could. Okay, yeah, yeah. I want you to take like a guess on when you think my birthday would be. A guess on when I think your birthday would be. It's giving like, I do not know how old you are. It's giving. Oh dang. Maybe like May twenty third. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm I'm nineteen. Okay, and I'm like I'm in the correct grade. Like I didn't skip a grade or miss a grade or anything. Okay, so my birthday would probably be like I'd be around like the middle of like ages in that grade. So like there are some people who are gonna be the oldest in the grade, some people are gonna be youngest. I would say mine is more in the middle based on like school year terms. Okay, how about like January eighteenth? You're you're getting closer. It isn't January. Uh, January 25th. Dude, you're like one day away. Pick the right one. January 26th. Yeah! <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's a lot of people born in January. I was talking to a friend of mine about this earlier today, about how many birthdays there are in January, just among, like, the people I know here at the, at the university. Hi. Hi. Oh. What? Nothing. Okay, so moving on to, like, a different topic, I feel like, what if I told you, putting, putting A and B together, that there are individuals who learn things in near-death experiences about animals that have died 
in a set of information that they should not have been able to access. Like, 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 like they had a near-death experience and they learned that an animal had recently died and the animal had actually recently died, but then they only knew about that through the near-death experience. And in a large amount of near-death experiences, they report the presence of animals. But why? Like, it's, it's not like, 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 like without being like prompted to, without being prompted to do so, just describe near-death experiences and like animals are present. Uh, in addition to like, like human, like human actors being present as well. Uh, would that piece of knowledge increase your, uh, in increase, in would that set of knowledge in your data set increase your belief of a potential that animals have an afterlife? I would say it definitely like increases it a little bit, you know, but I wouldn't say that like, like I said earlier, how like it like people having near death experiences and experiences in the afterlife is something that like helps you understand it and help you. But it's not like a proof in my mind because like I'm just going to have to take the word of somebody else. You know what I mean? Unless I have a near death experience and my dog who just died is there, like then I don't I'm not going to listen to you. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's not hard and fast evidence. That's just like an additional like empirical proof that like could help if, 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 if like I don't think like I think there are very few people where near-death experiences are the thing that like convert them. But if there is a near-death experience, you could say and you already are Christian, you would say like, oh, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That's consistent with my worldview. I think I also think like you brought up like a good point about like how like if this happens and they're going to be, oh, yeah, that's consistent with my belief. I think that's how like most of the world is going to work. So like if there's something shown that's like contrary to their belief they're gonna be like okay well maybe but like you're not gonna change my mind but if it's like already with their belief then they're gonna be like 100 percent sure so like if you already believe that animals go to heaven and you have a near-death experience and there's a dog there you're gonna be like oh yeah i'm 100 percent certain but like that's not gonna make me be 100 percent certain that's just gonna make me be like oh well maybe i could be wrong but also like i have yet to find like a, a consistent catholic teaching on this like there isn't one there there is not one just like how there's no teaching on like uh, how old is the earth? Are the passages in Genesis literal or figurative? There's no like, like, there's no like, you are not allowed to believe like, 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 like you have to believe one view and you're not allowed to believe. Actually, there are some things you're not allowed to believe, but, but you, 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 you know what I mean. Okay, speaking of Genesis, I feel like I'm going to misquote this. Um, it's not going to be like, it's just going to be some joke that I heard. And it's like, um, I'm starting to think that Adam lied when he said like, Eve made him take a bite of the apple because that's why there's like an Adam apple stuck in every man's throat. And I think it's one of the funniest like jokes that you can make. I don't know. I think it's really funny. Sorry, repeat the joke in full. Okay, I can't remember. It's like I saw it on TikTok and it was like this one girl and she was like, I'm starting to like not believe that Adam actually like like took a bite of this apple or fruit because of Eve or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. What, what does that even mean? Wait, wait, like, like, like he just ate it by himself, or like, how does that even work? Because it says that she ate it and then she handed it. So like, yes, no, we know she ate it, but I can't. If I could remember the joke, it would make a lot more sense. But basically, like, the end of the joke is pretty much like calling men like liars and deceitful because there's a, like there's an apple, like an Adam's apple, so the apple's always been stuck in their throat. And I just thought it was funny when I saw it, but I can't remember the actual joke, so it's not gonna be as funny. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it like is it like he didn't like swallow the apple when he ate it or something? Because that might make sense. That's why it's lodged there. But also, it's giving like, leave me alone. I'm bushed vibes because you just don't remember how the beginning of the joke was. Okay, so the joke goes, I'm pretty sure Adam ate the apple and blamed Eve. You know how men lie? That's probably why men have the Adam's apple stuck in their throat. 
throat. God is funny like that. That's like the joke. And I just thought it was really funny. Like, I don't think it's true at all. I think it's like, it's definitely meant to just be a joke, but I think it's really funny. I guess that makes one of us. <laughs> Do you think it's funny, Jada? It, it made me crack a little smile. Okay, it made me crack a little smile too, but I don't know if I'd, I'd, I'd call it like funny, funny, you know? I just like whenever I first saw it, I just kind of like let out a, like a mini chuckle. Like it's not like it's the funniest thing ever, but I think like there are very rare times that a Christian-based joke is gonna make me like smile or laugh or anything, and I think that's one of them. I don't know. It's one of those things where like sometimes something will give me like like a like a like a, like a mild nose exhale because like 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 it's like kind of <laughs> funny, but also like this one is just like I don't understand how that makes sense, but maybe it's like a guy thing. Guys don't understand most things, so it wouldn't be surprising. Are you sure about that? I think guys are actually really smart, but I think they just can't understand women. <laughs> yes, so that means that guys are good at most things, except for this one realm of knowledge that is understanding women, because actually, no comment. <laughs> Misogyny. <laughs> there's, a, there's an acronym, like LOL or like ha ha ha. There's an there's a new acronym called SALT, and it's like um, smiled a little, uh, smiled a little or something like that. Where you're like, why would that be salt? Where's the T? I don't, I don't, I don't, salt. A, Where's I the T? Smiled a little. Smiled a little today. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> let me search it up. I'm at like two percent, but let me check. Okay, Jada, I have a really random question for you. Why why did you get the tattoo that you have on your arm? Huh? Why did you get the tattoo that you have? If you don't want to answer this question oh, on, on the public, like you don't have to. I don't really mind. So the tattoo, because you guys can't see it, is Joshua 1-9. And the reason why I got it is because there was a point in my life where I was lacking in my faith. And like I just felt really numb. And I didn't turn towards anything but just to like my inner thoughts. And there was a time where I was just crying really bad at like 2 in the morning. So my friend is, my dad is friends with a deacon, and he had said that whenever you're in deep despair and God knows that you need his word, you close your eyes, you open up a Bible, and you put your finger on a verse. And whatever it lands on, that's what God's trying to tell you. So I did that, and it landed on Joshua 1.9, which means, have I not called you to be strong and courageous? So every time I feel like I'm lacking in my faith, or really just anything in general, I always think of that verse because God told me that. That's very beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Okay, Ethan, what is your favorite Bible verse? Um, in what way? Um, let me think. Favorite Bible verse in as much as, like, how much it, like, inspires you. So, like, how personal it is to you. Like, one that actually, like, hits you in a personal level, if that makes sense. Like, it's not just, like, oh, that's really inspiring because, oh, like, like, God's going to be there. He'll be my shelter. Stuff like that was something that, like, actually, like, hits on a personal level, like, with you and, like, your struggles. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a verse guy. I'm more of, like, a chapter guy, you know? Like, like, Genesis chapter 38 is nice. John 1 is nice. But my Ruth 4 is nice. Ruth 3 is nice. Ruth 2 is also nice. Ruth 1 is nice. Oh, wait. That's the entire of book. Yeah, that's the entire book of Ruth now. Uh, no, my favorite chapter of the Bible is probably Matthew 1, which is the genealogy. The genealogy slaps so hard. Yeah. And, and part of that is also, like, uh, I think one of the things I like the most about genealogy is uh, the mention of women in the genealogy, where 
because uh, each every in every dude in the genealogy had a had a mom, but not all of them are mentioned. There's only five of them mentioned. Uh, who? Oh, do I remember their names? There's the she's mentioned as the wife of Uriah, who's the who's uh, the mother of King Solomon, and then there's like uh, Ruth, Rahab, Tamar, and ugh. Uh, somebody but uh, but but basically the uh, and at the very end the, the blessed virgin mary is mentioned as well but i think a big part about the women being mentioned is that uh many of them or i think all of them like weren't like israelite women there was like a moabite like, like two canaanites uh hittite they were like they, they were like and and one of them was like a former prostitute but i think the big thing that struck me was like how like like god didn't choose the perfect and he con- continues not to choose the perfect uh uh but he like makes sinners uh into people who, who are holy and chooses them uh, to, to lead his people and chooses them to bring about salvation. Uh, he's done so in the past and he continues to, to do so in the sense of uh, he calls sinners to be saints. Uh, and, and at the very end of that, there's also the part where it's like, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she remained a virgin until, and the word until there is grossly uh, like misunderstood by especially Protestant Bible interpreters. But uh, yeah, it's like a smaller circle and a bigger circle. If you meet me, I'll explain what the circles mean. But yeah, basically, yeah, Matthew one slaps pretty hard. I, I like that. Uh, yeah, but it's just it's just it's just the forty two generations of the genealogy, which uh, I I used to I used to know the first fourteen like really fast and a good amount of some of the rest. But uh, I guess my memory is really bad. I could have sworn earlier we said your memory was really good. But anyways, I think it's, like, really beautiful, like, that, that 20-year favorite. I don't know. I wouldn't remember what I said about my memory. I'm so over this. Okay, anyways, basically, I think, I think it's really cool what you said about how, like, God continues to choose, like, the imperfect. And I think that's really important for people to hear, you know? Especially, like, if you're discerning a vocation, like, there are going to be questions, like, especially, like, the further you get into, like, discernment and stuff. And, like, especially the more sure you are that you're being called to, like, a religious vocation, like, there's going to be questions like, oh, why me? Like, they could have chose this person. They're way more holy, like, stuff like that. And so I think, like, it's important for people to be able to hear on, like, a real level, like, with just, like, normal random people on a freaking freaking staircase that, like, God is going to continue to choose the imperfect because he's going to, like, not, he's going to continue to, like, perfect your love for him, if that makes sense, purify your heart, stuff like that. So I think it's important for people to hear that. So I think it's really beautiful that the genealogy out of, like, all of the freaking verses in the Bible is one of your favorites. I think it's really cool how you connect that with the fact that God's going to continue to choose the imperfect. You know it. People are cutting in line. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it, it, it do be like that sometimes. But it's okay. It, it, it's, it's more like people will cut in line, people will do whatever, but... As long as I'm in this spot, there's only so many people that can go in front of me. And also, as long as a thousand people don't cut, like, I think we're chilling. Um, Jada, would that also be your favorite Bible verse? I'm just going to assume that it, yeah, it is, well, it's my newer, because, okay, so I used, my favorite, my old favorite Bible verse used to be uh, Luke 14, 11, which is, um, what's it? I already forgot. Hold on. Oh, uh, sorry. Stop. I have a really short memory. <laughs> stop. Everybody has a short memory. It's just if yours functions well or not. <laughs> My end's not functioning well. It's um, something about humbling. Oh, stop. Don't do that. Oh, so basically you're saying, like, you have an ego, so you, like, needed to be humbled, you know, with this verse, the humble me verse. You had, like, an ego. No. I'm just trying to be annoying. I'm, <laughs> trying to, I'm not trying to actually like 
take a pass yeah. at Jada. It was just supposed to be a joke. Those who humble themselves will be exalted, and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Based. Okay, yeah, that's a really, that's a really good one. Okay, I would say I don't really have a favorite verse, which is funny because I'm the one that asked the question. But I do like Psalm 27. I know Psalm 27 is like my favorite. Like, of at least all the Psalms, maybe in, like, the entire Bible. I love it a lot because it's about, like, the Lord being your shelter. Like, like, he exalts you. Whom should you fear? Stuff like that. And that's pretty much, like, the entire Psalm. And it's just so beautiful. Like, if I could remember, like, verbatim what it says, like, you'd be crying. Psalm 27 is the best. Especially if you go through, like, a really hard time. So especially, like, there's at one point where it's, like, even if, like, my mother and father forsake me or something like that, the Lord, like, will take me in. And I think it's just so beautiful because it's just a reminder that, like, he can always be your shelter. So that's why it's my fave. Because, like, that's something that I've struggled with, like, hella in life. So, like, going back to that, it was really funny. I never, I, I was never a really big Psalms person. But, like, one day I got into it for some reason. And one of my friends texted me and goes, you relate to Psalm 27. You need to go read this right now. And so I read it. And now it's, like, literally, to this day, still one of my favorites. So it's pretty funny. Love that. Love that. I honestly feel like a verse is different when it comes from God. Like, the entire Bible is from God. Like, every every space, every period. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. I'm going to... Okay. I was going <laughs> to... I feel like the entire Bible is from God. But what I mean by that specifically is that, like, when God, like, exemplifies a certain verse to you for... Uh-huh. I think she wanted a pizza. I think she wanted I want a pizza, too. It's fine. They walked away. But, no, yeah, but when it comes from God and he, like, exemplifies a verse for you specifically, I feel like that's something that really, like, makes it your favorite verse. Yeah, because it's one of those things where, like, the Bible was written a long time ago, but, like, it's, like, it's, like, written to you in the moment that you read it as well because like yeah because it's inspired by the holy spirit and like god knew what he was doing when he wrote that bible verse so that you would read it that one time when you were in your bedroom like like he knew what he was doing yeah he, he he's he's built different like that yeah he his his, his memory is, is built different for sure i think like going kind of on that is like you'll just like randomly come upon like this bible verse or this like like quote from like a saint or something and it just like hits different in that moment in that time but if you would have read it any other time like it was not gonna hit the same and I think like that just coincides with like God's timing is like so different than our perception of time and it's so perfect because like he, he sees your whole lifespan like he knows all the things right um and so like his his timing is going to be perfect to the extent of like you will be seeing certain things at certain times so you feel a certain way and i think that's why some people like they'll have an affinity for like one bible verse or one quote over another because they saw it at the exact right time that like god was showing it to them so like it matters when you see it i would say whether it's gonna like truly like seep in or if it's just gonna be like oh i read that like i i have read genesis like multiple times don't ask me a single thing about it besides adam and eve bro like i like it's not something that like sits with me or anything like that we ran into somebody that Jada knows. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the volleyball game. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't like volleyball, Jada? You're, you're just here chilling just because? No, I'm here, I'm here for my cousin because I forgot about her birthday, and I feel bad, and she really wants to be a volleyball player here. And I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to get her a ring. Wait, what were we just talking about? Bible verses? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bible verses. Oh, yeah. And it's like one of those things where, like, you see a Bible verse 
or like you hear a reading at mass and you've heard it like hundreds of times before, but sometimes like it hits you when it needs to. And it's like, I've heard that many times before, but like this time it hits different. Not, not, not because the words are any different, but because like you're in a different spot in life, the Lord speaks to you in a different way and it's, it's, it's distinct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, so uh, there's a book by none other than St. Alphonsus Liguori, who's a doctor of the church, uh, called Uniformity with God's Will. And one of the things he writes about is how, like, like, I don't know if he says his favorite weather, but I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it. I'll, parap- I'll pra- paraphrase a friend of mine who read St. Alphonsus Liguori and who read Uniformity with God's Will. He basically says, uh, I'm, uh, he, he will not be named. Basically, uh, he will not be named. Basically, he was like, yeah, my favorite weather is the current weather, because that's the weather that God wills, because I want to will what God wills. Okay, but like that's so cute, and that's such like that's such a small example of union with God's will. And this actually, so I had a friend text me, and it's kind of funny. And this woman, I'm gonna tell you right now, like she, you look at her and like you're around her, and you just like know she's gonna be a saint. Like this woman is so holy, and she was texting me one day, and she goes, "I feel like you're so much more in tune with God's will than I am." And I literally about like laughed out loud. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" And she goes, "You actually like act on His will." And I'm like, "Okay, no, but I'm like the most stubborn human being. What do you mean?" And then she goes, "Okay, you may think that I act." upon God's will, but I'm acting out of selfishness, like out of selfishness, because I look better when I do certain things that align with God's will than if I don't. So it's more an act of egoism. And I was like, hold on, this is like the holiest person I know. And she's over here like bashing herself. And I swear, like, I understand, like, like, Sometimes people are going to be in line, like in tune with God's will really, really well. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, will, I, I will the weather for today because that's what God wills. I also think that's a little, a step a little too, too far. But I mean, like, in the sense of, like, doing God's will, it's really just an openness of heart is what I would say. It's not necessarily, like, actually, like, not, I was going to say it's not necessarily acting upon God's will. You definitely have to act. But, like, it's more of an openness to God's will. So, like, every day is God's will. And those circumstances de- circumstances during that day is God's will. You know what I mean? Also, another thing for me is, like, like I don't know if I can make myself like the fact that it's 100 degrees outside. But I can just, like, I can take the action of choosing to refrain from complaining about it to everybody that I meet kind of thing. Uh, to where, like, I don't know, there's a certain level of, like, trust there. Of just, like, yeah, I- I'm sure things happen for reasons. Yep. Okay, but like if you complained about this weather right now, like I would, I would not blame you because I am sweating balls right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. The the weather is certainly a weather right now. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like moist levels of humid right now. Yeah. Okay, so I went to I went to Houston this past weekend, right? And I was like, okay, it's gonna be more human than in Austin. I think I'm gonna kill myself. So I was outside one day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm melting. Like there was so much sweat, and I'd been outside for like two seconds. But then one morning, I wake up and I was outside like in the morning, and I was like, okay, it's really cool outside. Like what is happening? Because like ain't no way hell froze over, and Houston gets a break from the heat. And I think like ten minutes after I was outside and it was cool, it was like balls blazing again. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. Like a, like in the morning. Yeah morning to like 11 it was like dark cloudy and it was like low 70s it was super nice yeah it was nice this morning i i, I was out here walking walking around campus at like 7 30 and it was it was pretty nice out here 7 30 what time do you wake up well today i woke up at 6 30 because i felt like it okay so actually like waking up early and going to bed at like a decent time is like is very, very healthy for you, but also, like, it's really, really healthy for, like, the spiritual life to, like, be up when the sun rises and go to bed, kind of, not directly when the sun, like, sets, but you know what I mean by that. 
and just kind of going to bed at a decent time. I think it's really healthy for the spiritual life because, like, over the summer when I got in, like, a really set schedule, like, I was up at, like, 7, and I'd do, like, spiritual reading. I'd pray a rosary. Like, I'd go to Mass. And, like, my day's pretty much already set as a good day because I did my morning with God. But part of doing your morning with God is, like, waking up at a decent time where you can devote the morning to God and not just, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes to class because it takes me 25 minutes to walk there. You know what I mean? So I think, like, waking up early is, like, super, super, super healthy for the spiritual life. And I've heard, like, different opinions on this because some people are like, okay, but God wants me to rest. And I'm like, okay, but if you wake up early and you go to bed at a decent time, you'll get the same amount of hours. So I don't know, like, your your logic doesn't make any sense in my brain. Just don't go to bed at, like, 2, and then you have to sleep until, like, 10 or, like, later to get, like, a good amount of sleep. I put air quotes on that. Um, just go to, like, if you if you wake up at 6, but you go to bed at, like, 10, you're still getting eight hours of sleep than if you went to bed at 2 and woke up at 10. And then you have, like, a longer set in the, during the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's, like, you can have, like, quote-unquote six hours of sleep. But if it's, like, you went to bed at 2 and woke up at 8, that's much different than, like, uh, you go to bed at, like, maybe, like, 11 and you wake up, wake up early at 5. Like, like it's a very different six hours. You're also going to, like, feel very different. You know what I mean? I think it's really interesting how you can get, like, the same amount of sleep and, like, you can feel drastically different. So, like, if you go to bed at 5 and you wake up at, say, like, noon, so you're, you get, like, seven hours, but you might honestly still feel really exhausted because you went to bed so late and you screwed up your circadian rhythm. But then, like, if you go to bed at, like, 11 and you wake up at 6, honestly, like, I can almost guarantee you feel good when you wake up and you're not as tired. Like, you might be a little tired because just waking up in general, like, you're going to be tired. But, like, you're going to feel vastly different from waking up at 6 than noon. And I can almost guarantee, at least with me and a lot of people I know, like, waking up at 6, you're actually going to feel more awake than if you wake up at noon when going to bed at 5 in the morning because your body's just going to be way off balance, you know? What color are your eyes? Um, I would like to say they're blue. But sometimes they're like, they all have green in them. And sometimes they look a little gray. So I don't really know. You tell me. Okay. I think it's going to rain because my knee is hurting really, really bad. I think I'd be more inclined to believe that dogs go to heaven. What, what, Ethan, what color are my eyes? I would describe them as blue, but there's like a little bit of green. Is your leg okay? Have you just been sitting in an awkward spot? Okay, yeah. Uh, just just learn how to Asian squat. You can just do no, but that's that's not that's not what this is. Uh, yeah. Uh, what color are your eyes, Jada? Like, doo doo brown. <laughs> are, are are my eyes blacker than her eyes? Take your glasses off. Yeah, I would say they're darker than her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in like weird lighting, especially darker lighting, they they just look like black voids. But if I take like a flashlight or like look into the light, like you can see the the, the brown. Uh, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Is there even, like, a true black eye? Is that even, like, can that even actually be a color? Because, like, your pupil is, like, pure black, but that's, like, a hole. Yeah, yeah, So, a black eyes are pretty common. It's basically whenever you get beat, whenever someone punches you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Your iris, like, how mine is blue. Is there a black version, or is it just, like, a really, really, really dark brown? I, I've never seen black, but I, I'm sure, like, there's a lot of people, like, I, I'm pretty sure somebody, somebody somewhere got, got some eyes that are, that are black. Are, are, are people starting to go in? I think people are Okay. To I, okay. Uh, let me, let me hold my laptop suspiciously again while I, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm gonna, it's, it's been an hour, and my, oh, my phone. 
That's fine. Okay, here. Uh, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask y'all to say goodbye to the folks at home. So yeah. Okay, goodbye, y'all. This is actually really really fun. Ari, signing out. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs>